Hello friends, welcome to the Feed Learning People podcast, a podcast where fellow humans share their vulnerable moments and how they navigated sticky situations throughout their careers. We've all been there, so let's learn from each other. My name is Jesse, and today I'm here with Sean. Hey Sean, thanks Hi. for joining the podcast. Um, before we get started, how do we know each other? So we know this uh, really cool guy, his name is Kevin. Um, so we met him through volleyball and then um, we met at an open gym and then he introduced you to us. And we're like, oh. wow, they're both really good volleyball players. We should definitely invite them to play. Oh. And then we just kind of, you know, evolved from there. Yeah. We just started eating, drinking, playing more volleyball tournaments together. So. Wow, until COVID happened. Until COVID happened, of course, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And then uh, Kevin happens to be my husband too. So let's go ahead and get straight to it. Let's talk about your resume. Sean, can you scan your resume? Yeah. Uh, starting with, you know, when you first started after college to where you are now? Yeah, definitely. So um, started back in HR as an intern, um, was fortunate enough to land an HR internship with a very small consulting company. Learned a lot about just like the office etiquette things from that organization and then moved on to my real first HR gig, which was um, at a manufacturing company. Learned a lot there and a, a lot more out of the I think general things that you learn from from HR in a tech company, um, there's safety, compliance, a lot mm -hmm. more stringent things out there from the HR perspective. And then as you know, I, I had a hard time kind of just figuring out what I wanted to do in HR. So the mm -hmm. running joke was that I had a, a job maybe every like six to eight months in HR, yeah. a new one. <laughs> so I was really just trying to discover myself at that time, dabbled in recruiting, dabbled in learning development, total rewards, HR operations, um, and then really found my um, stride when I came to a company called Wageworks. And I was there for about almost two years. Um, as an HR journalist and really enjoyed my work there. Um, and now I'm at a company, um, at a data company in uh, Redwood City. So now I'm an HR business partner here. I've been here for about a little over a year um, and mm -hmm. really have loved my time here. It's It's been really, really awesome. Nice, nice. You've worked at Starbucks before too, right? Was that like before college? <laughs> so that was uh, during college. That Starbucks got me through paying for college. Uh, I really mm -hmm. learned a lot from that. But I, I worked there for about four and a half years at wow. Starbucks. Uh, yes. are, you sh are you sure you don't want to stay at Starbucks? Because that's your longest <laughs> tenure. So it's funny because I was actually just talking about this with my coworkers and um, I've learned a lot at Starbucks, but I still have nightmares from Starbucks because uh, as you can imagine, there's just some crazy people that come through Starbucks. You get people that, you know, yell at you, impatient, you know, they throw drinks at you. So there's just so many things that you learn during your time at Starbucks there just to become patient and deal with crazy people and also uh -huh. like self-reflect on yourself too because you're like, do I really want to be here for all the crazies? Um, uh -huh. But no, it, it was it was a really good time there. I learned a lot about myself. I, I developed new skills um, because I was an introvert growing up and, yeah. and I, now, I still consider myself an introvert, but I feel like I'm now like... I can dabble into the extrovert world when I need mm -hmm. to because of my experience at Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. I think um, just the whole customer service experience, you learn so much from working in like a retail environment and dealing with people, handling people. Yes. You jumped between jobs, HR jobs, and you yep. said like you were there for like six to eight months at a time. Mm -hmm. Now, you know being in HR, that doesn't look good on your resume. Absolutely. Right? Definitely. Okay. Okay. So were you worried each time you quit a job and went to a new one? Were you worried, oh no, you know, this is not going to look good for the next time I look for a job and stuff? All the yeah. time. I was so mm -hmm. concerned, Jesse, that I would not look good on resume. And mm -hmm. even um, my manager now was just like, you know, um, had I seen your resume, um, if you weren't referred, then I probably mm -hmm. would have passed on your resume because you just jumped yeah. jobs so much. My mentality back then when I was just trying to get into HR was I wasn't willing to settle. 
Um, mm-hmm. So if I was in a role where I just felt like it was going nowhere or I wasn't learning anything or getting anything out of it, I was like, I'm not going to stay here. Like, there's no point in staying at a place, especially when you're starting your career in HR, um, to be there if you're not going to get anything out of it. So, yes, you know, I may have killed myself in the beginning with my with the way my resume looked. But ultimately, at the end, I've landed where I've landed because of all the experiences that I've gained um, I feel like I know a great deal of things in, in all parts of different um, HR functions now. So it, mm-hmm. it really did end up benefiting me at the end, too. Yeah, yeah. And it seemed like you were you were fortunate to find a manager who would refer you to other places, too, right? Yes. So yeah. shout out to Mona Harara, who is my, <laughs> who's my manager and mentor. She, um, but yeah, like once you find that manager and mentor that you really feel like you connect with, you work well mm-hmm. with can challenge you in the right ways, like you you end up following them. Mm-hmm. Can you fill in the blank mm-hmm. to succeed as an HR business partner or an HR professional, you need to be able to? So my answer to this was navigate through gray areas and be flexible. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of the times, and this is like when I first started in HR, I was like, there's a black and white answer for everything. If it's not mm-hmm. in the employee handbook, it doesn't exist. Or like, <laughs> if it's not a policy, like this, this isn't the right thing to do or whatever it was. Um, but as I was gaining my experience, I was like, oh my gosh, there's just so much gray area. Like employee relations issues are not always going to be the same. They're not always going to have someone that doesn't show up to work, or you're not going to always have someone that does something completely crazy like sexual harassment mm-hmm. or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. And, it's an easy fire termination or something. It's exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. So I would recommend that, you know, anyone that wants to be successful, just to be comfortable with being in gray areas and also mm-hmm. be willing and vulnerable to say, like, I don't know. Like, it's okay to say, I don't know and ask for help. Um, because there's other people that have gone through this scenario before. And if they didn't, mm-hmm. you can always bounce ideas off of each other. Yeah. So that you can come up with a really good solution. Yeah. I find that helpful. Just having a couple of people who you can always go to if you don't have the answer and just bounce ideas and learn from them, especially someone who's a bit more seasoned than you. How do you define success in your career? Is it money, title, happiness, getting recognition? What, what is it? <laughs> so growing up in an Asian household is always hard because it's always uh-huh, about title uh-huh. and money, of uh-huh, course. Uh-huh. Um, so when I grew up, I was like, oh, my God, I have to make sure like like my dad would literally ask me, like, how much are you making in your job right now? Like you would just outright ask me. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like Asian parents have like no filter. They just ask you straight up. Yeah. And then when they found out, like my dad was like, I'm paying for an education in HR. Like, what is that? I don't even know what that is. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So. It was really hard for me to get started in HR, but as I was kind of grooming myself to be where I am now, it really never mattered for me what my salary or title was because success for me was the recognition and the reputation that you build within the organization. So Mm -hmm. if people know who you are, if people constantly ask you to be on project teams, if people, if you're like the go-to person for everything, I was like, I I don't even care. Like I told my manager the other day, I was like, I don't even care if I'm an HR coordinator, like, or an HR generalist. Like it, it's really just that recognition and and the Mm -hmm. feel good feelings. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a word. Yeah. Feel good feelings. I'll coin that term. Yeah. Feel good feelings. (laughs) That you get when you're, when you're doing your job. So like Uh ultimately uh I I really love what I do. Um, and I'm learning and I'm challenged every day. Um, Mm -hmm. that's, that's what, that's what success means for me in my career right now. I'm going to pivot organizational skills, right? Sean, you're like one of the most organized people I know. You always have things on calendars. Even if it's just like a personal, hey, let's just grab some drinks. You put it on my calendar. Yes. It's like every single thing is either scheduled or you're always following up and all that stuff. So I think a lot of people can learn from your organizational skills. Why are you such an organized person? <laughs> Oh, well, thank you first off for the compliment. I, I don't think I'm that organized as I've seen other people been, but um, really, I think where it started was kind of just going back to Starbucks. Um, there was so much chaos that would happen at Starbucks. You got lines out the door, you got people yelling at you, throwing things at you, and mm-hmm. all during a rush. Um, and so 
what I learned from that is to stay calm during stressful situations. Also Mm -hmm. to take a step back and really look through a wide lens of like, okay, where do I need to fill in the gaps? Because there's a lot that's going on right now. And maybe someone needs help here or someone needs help there. Translate that over to an office environment. You can get 50 plus emails a day, people coming to you, phone calls coming. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it, for me, I just learned how to prioritize things in my head and just figure out, okay, customers always come first and mm-hmm. and these all, all these other things will fall in line depending on priority. Um, I, I think it's just something I learned along the way. I, I don't know how to explain it like, oh yes, I'm organized because of X, Y, and Z. I think it's yeah, just yeah. experience over time that, I, that I've kind of yeah. gathered. Yeah. And I think in also in HR, just because we're in a service-oriented function mm-hmm. it, it is that customer side first right i mean besides what you know the top leadership says how do you organize your workspace if you were to look at me five years ago i would have had post-it notes all over the place i had like asana up for my task list i also had like outlook up from like another task list and i was like why do i have all these different things like what do i prioritize first it was all over the place yeah. Eventually, I, I tried to just figure out, okay, what is going to make me be organized the best where it's right in front of my face and I can see it. So now mm-hmm. um, I use email as um, my my kind of like task management list so that you can flag, you can flag like emails that are coming to you um, and, and flag like ta- create tasks out of the email as well. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of my own personal like task list. I also, as you know, make a calendar invite for everything in the world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So anything that needs to happen on a weekly basis, anything that needs to, like we need to meet on anything like that. I always schedule on my calendars. I also have it color coded so that I know what's a meeting, what's a task, what's a personal thing, what's out of office. So yeah, I I try to organize things in, in many different ways. If someone needs to be more organized, Mm-hmm. What tips and tricks do you have for them? I don't like to give advice on how to be organized because I personally went through my own trial and error and I think everyone mm-hmm. needs to go through that process because really there's no one way to do it. Like you can mm-hmm. read books, you can read things out there on the internet and how to be organized. But if it doesn't work for you and if you're forcing yourself to be organized, I really just don't think that's going to work. And I tried it myself. I was like, oh, you know, this colleague does this, I'm going to start doing it now. And I was like, I really don't like the way she does this. Or like, I really don't like this organization method. Um, Mm -hmm. So try to take bits and pieces of it. If there's one part of that person's organization skills that you like, take that. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then make it your own at the end of the day. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend just like observing one person or just taking everything that that one person does. Try to take bits and pieces and make it your own. Yeah. I like, I like how you said just make it your own. It's a trial and error. There's no like one size fits all kind mm-hmm. of way because all of us, just our mind processes differently. Okay, Sean, I know what you look like or I know how you look like. Is it how you look like or what you look like? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not good at Same English. Same thing. <laughs> all right. English was my second language. <laughs> it's <Not> fine really. <laughs> too. Kind of. <laughs> Did you learn Vietnamese at home first? Yes. And then- Okay. But I, I still can't um, use that as an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So I know I'm going to, I want to guess, I know what you look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the listeners, how would you describe yourself in terms of your race, ethnicity, gender, and so on? I'm Asian American, specifically Vietnamese. Um, I'm a male and I'm considered in the millennial group. Mm-hmm. Um, if Why'd you laugh when you said millennial? <laughs> Because I don't feel like I fit in the millennial group. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why? Go why? Why? Like a lot of my friends who are in the millennial group, they, um, I just feel like there are certain things that I, I really don't relate to with them around just like social media. Like I was like one of the last people to get on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know like all these new like acronyms with Lord knows what's out there. I don't use TikTok. <laughs> like uh-huh, there, uh-huh. there's just so many random things out there where I feel like I I don't relate to them and in pop culture especially I just don't follow any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same here. Not to say that you need to be a millennial to follow those things, but it just I just feel like there are certain things where I just don't relate entirely to that group. 
I don't even know why people even use generations anymore. I, I feel like we should stop using the term millennials and baby boomers and generation X and Y sometimes. Yes. It's just, it just puts a bad stigma on people there. Just say what year you were born or something like that yeah. <laughs> instead of like labeling it, right? Totally. Do you feel that stereotypes have been placed on you at work? So yes. So a lot of people in the workplace will generalize me for being a millennial or just because mm -hmm. it's a blessing and a curse to look young, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the times they'll think I'm either too young, immature, or not experienced enough to be in certain meetings or to talk for the managers to approach me. Um, so they'll usually jump to my manager or someone above me where I could have simply answered the question or helped them in this situation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, and then from time to time, I'll get comments from an employee that says like, oh, were you even born when this song came out? Or you must, you must be too young to know when that was. Um, so mm -hmm. even though mm -hmm. it comes off as joking and I still kind of laugh just out of courtesy, it really does come off really offensive to me and it feels like they're putting me down because they're making it seem like it's about an age thing for, in my experience. For me, being in talent and like learning and development, mm -hmm. most of the people I know who facilitate trainings are typically more experienced, mm -hmm. older, mm -hmm. um, white men and women. Mm -hmm. And I don't see it that often when there's like an Asian female. And um, when I was going through my MBA, I had a professor we had lunch one time and I was talking to him about a business plan that I had about like doing training. Mm -hmm. This was several years ago. And he basically told me that I have to be careful about going into this industry because people may not take me seriously because I don't have gray hair. And like, it's at first like, oh. what? But then it was also eye opening mm -hmm. because there can be a lot of biases, right? Because I, I was, you know, probably in my late 20s at the time. Okay. And you know, I wasn't as experienced, but I felt so confident that I could teach anyone no matter what level of the organization you are. Right. But he made a good point where like, hey, people might not take you seriously because how you look, and that's just how the world is sometimes. Yep. And um and then so I start feeling that after I heard that, like I start when I start facilitating trainings or I start trying to reach out to clients or whatnot, I I did have that sense that people were looking at me differently because of how young I looked. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I feel like I can, you know, kind of understand how you feel when people make those jokes or people probably look at you differently or don't take you as seriously inside a meeting. So. Yeah. And, and I feel like there's just like, at, when, when you look younger, there, mm -hmm. you feel like you have something to prove through your work and your presentation skills. Mm -hmm. um, and, and after, I feel like after you've kind of proven yourself, then you kind of gain that respect. But there shouldn't mm -hmm. be anything to prove in the beginning. Like you should just, based off of like what your area of expertise is, I just feel like mm -hmm. that should be all that matters. Like you yeah. are the subject matter expert for that area. Mm -hmm. It doesn't yeah. matter what race you, you, you are, what age you are, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Well, what you look like and whatnot. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, all right, Sean. So a more current topic. Mm -hmm. since we're both Asian American, um, mm -hmm. there's been a rise of Asian hate crimes in America today, uh, especially since COVID, according to statistics and report in the media. I'm curious to know, have you personally felt a rise in either hate crimes towards you or like even like racial bullying and whatnot? I know I personally have not, but I was just wondering if, if you have. Yeah. So like yourself, I personally have not experienced anything like that just because of mm -hmm. me being Asian. However, mm -hmm. um, I'm the type of person like you, like during these COVID times, I have not like really gone outside. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I pretty much am home every day. Um, so I don't go outdoor dining or anything like that. I just go out whenever I need to go out. Yeah. But it, it doesn't mean that I am not concerned about what's happening out there in the world right now. Like I generally will check in with my mom to make sure she's okay because unfortunately they are targeting older Asian American people and they are, you know, sometimes Asian women. So I, I get scared. It's not like my mom lives in a very 
tough neighborhood or anything like that. Um, but I, I still get concerned that something might happen. Yeah, same here with my mom. Um, like my mom, she goes to work out. Uh, <laughs> she she works out at a gym, my mama. Okay, good for her. I don't know if you call it working out. <laughs> she just likes to swim a little bit and then just sit in a sauna. And That's spa. exactly what my mom does. It must be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's an Asian thing. <laughs> exactly. um, yeah, but you know, she'll go out late at night to go work out because that's the only free time that she has um after everyone's eating dinner and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and yeah i feel concerned for her about it and i i posted this on instagram not too long ago about how after the um shootings in atlanta i called my mom to just check up on her and i asked her hey how you feeling blah 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 she's like oh i'm totally fine and uh i asked her like have you felt a little bit more um, racial bullying? I'm trying to say this in Vietnamese, which my broken Vietnamese, right? right. And then she's like, no, not, nothing, nothing more than usual. And she's just telling me how like, you know, it's normal every once in a while, she'll just get bullied by a stranger in the street and she can't say anything because she's not confident in her English. So oh. she just stays quiet and stuff. So yeah, I, I, I feel concerned for my parents as well, especially my mom, my dad, he's, he's hot headed. So he can just, he'll, he'll speak English for it. Even if it doesn't sound right, he'll, he'll yell. That sounds exactly um, like my mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, for, for you, like pre COVID, mm-hmm. Sean, did you ever receive like microaggressions or racial bullying um, stuff even before COVID? Like just from random people out in the streets? Yeah, so I really have to think long and hard about this one. Personally, I have not, but I have been in a situation where um, it was when Brian and I, my partner Brian and I, went out to Santa Cruz, um, and we were just standing in line, and there was this maybe, I don't know, I want to say like seven or eight-year-old girl. She jumps up from the line and slants her eyes like this and goes, China, to Brian. And I was like... I, I like I was just so caught off guard because I was like, did that really just happen? And then people like I looked around and people were just like, did that? Did she really just say that? And yeah. she's so young. Like, I'm not her parent. I'm not going to lecture her on anything. But I was just like, that's not OK to say. Like, no. and, and I just feel like I felt like at that time, like I wanted to say something to the kid. But I was like, mm-hmm. parents aren't around. Like, there's no one to like lay the law down on you. Um, other than that, that's the only time I've ever witnessed anything that was like remotely racially bullying mm-hmm. me. So mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Oh, and she's so young to do something like that too. Exactly. Which is why I'm just like, is it because she just isn't used to etiquette like first of all like do you not do that or is it because that's what her parents taught her or is it because she grew up in a primarily like white area like I don't know like there's just so many different factors yeah what what do you do in those situations like it's not like you can tell the kid hey kid you're a racist prick you know you can't just say that to the kid and it's it's tough because like it doesn't happen all the time like you said Mm -hmm. you have to like dig in the archives to find this story and when it doesn't happen that often, you kind of get off guard, you get caught off guard and you don't know how to respond or say anything. And sometimes we just freeze up, right? Yes. I wonder like, do, do Asian women get more of these microaggressions or racial you know, bullying more than men? For example, I remember I was just standing in the corner waiting across the street and this man, like he could go so many directions to cross the street, but he went right beside me and he goes, ni hao, to me, it's like, Seriously? Oh my god. <laughs> that's not that's not I'm Vietnamese, I'm not Chinese, right? That's right. that's you know, that kind of stuff. Or um or like I was drinking with friends and someone came up to me and said ching chong, right? Okay. And it's like really yeah. like why? Yeah. What's the whole point of that, you know? Yeah. But you know what? As you were saying those things, like the the random like, oh, they'll just say a random like ni hao or ching chong or like now that I'm thinking about it, that does happen mm-hmm. to me sometimes too. Yeah. yeah like I, I think it just, sometimes it just happens. And, and I, I try to think that people have good intentions, but sometimes mm-hmm. it might not be good intentions. Yeah, um, it might not be. When, when I teach my um, diversity classes, it's like 
intention versus impact, right? You may have a good intention to、mm-hmm. like say something and share something in someone's culture,、mm-hmm. but the person who's receiving that message is focusing more on the impact that that message gave to them. So like, you know, they may have. Thought they were funny, but hey, that hurt my feelings. I don't care if you were funny or not. That really hurt me, and、right. that wasn't funny at all. And that's you know the the person receiving that message is just focusing on the am- impact versus the quote unquote good intention.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel sometimes like these microaggressions or these racial slurs that we may get, it's we sometimes forget about it just because it's normal. Yeah, we just receive it, right? And it's like okay, in one ear, out the other. Although. At that moment, it probably like ticked us off a bit.、Mm-hmm. Do you do you feel comfortable defending yourself if you were bullied in public? No, I've never felt no. comfortable、um, yeah defending myself in public. But that really just goes back to I think my upbringing.、Mm-hmm. My dad, just like your dad, super aggressive. He has、mm-hmm. no problem speaking up for himself or doing anything.、Mm-hmm. But that's also gotten him in trouble with his employer. That's also gotten him in trouble <laughs> with you know、um, colleagues and friends.、Mm-hmm. So、mm-hmm. Um, I've seen. And then my mom's on the opposite side of the spectrum. Well, she just kind of keeps to herself and just like keeps her head down and avoids conflict at any cost. I've seen both sides of the coin, if you will. So I'm just like I'd rather err on the side of like no conflict. And also, it, it like my mom was kind of taught me. She was just like, you never know if they're gonna have like a gun on them, a knife on、yeah. them, or anything like that.、Mm-hmm. So she was like, why speak up if you know that could that could be your last words or anything like、mm-hmm. that. So that's、yeah. been instilled in my head.、Uh, Today, I I really want to find a voice and for me to feel like I can speak up. But in the back of my head, I'm always like, this could be my last words. Like I don't know what that person can do to me or like、mm-hmm. has on their mind. Like you don't know. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you a little bit more about Feed Learning. Feed Learning is a learning and organizational development firm that helps build better teams through training, facilitation, coaching, instructional design, and also consulting. We have a lot of great training courses, such as mitigating unconscious bias, communicating with empathy, and presentation skills. To learn more about us, check us out at feedlearning.com or follow us on LinkedIn to get career development tips. Now back to the show with Sean. Have you ever received constructive feedback from a manager? Yes, all the time.、Um, so, wow, did you mess up that much? <laughs> no, it's a good thing.、Um, I, I think constructive feedback it can be either positive or negative. I、mm-hmm. mentioned this earlier, but Mona is my manager and mentor.、Mm-hmm. She, the reason why we work so well together is because she does not. Hold back on her feedback to me. She she does it in a way where it's respectful and constructive, but she will tell me as it is. Like she's just like in this presentation, it was a little too detailed. For example, like I was presenting to an executive, she was like, you know, you you're you're providing too many details at the level that an executive is at. I need you to tone it down more. Here's what I would have done. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Those are the kinds of things that help me at the end. So. Although yes, it's it's feedback. It's it's good constructive feedback. Whereas I think in other scenarios where I've received feedback, it's like literally I print out a schedule for like an interview, for example, and they're like nitpicking periods, commas, and things like、wow. that. And I'm like, that doesn't really help me. I was like, I'm not here to be lectured on like how my grammar is. Like maybe if it's like a really bad grammar mistake, sure, but like it it really doesn't matter. We're not. We're not writing a book or whatever. It yeah, is. <laughs> like it, yeah, we're not I, English majors. Here, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So,、um, so that's the reason why I feel like the feedback that I receive from my manager works、mm-hmm. well. I like that Mona is not afraid of giving you feedback. I think for me, like in my career, I, I didn't really get that much feedback.、Mm-hmm. I'm not saying because I'm a great employee. Everyone has you know <laughs> an area to improve. Yeah. I have this demeanor of being very like nice and kind and. I'll admit I've cried at work several、yeah. times more than I'd like.、Mm-hmm. It's another story. I think it's just me personally. I I cry more easily than more, most people. I think.、Mm-hmm. So, 
just me crying or getting emotional, I think it holds them back from wanting to give any feedback. Mm. And that is what hurts me because how will I grow if I don't know what I'm doing right or how will I know if I can improve? I'd rather cry so much in front of you and hear what I need to improve right. than not hear any kind of type of constructive feedback at all. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that uh, a lot of that is just built on trust. Mona mm -hmm. and I have a really good relationship where she actually was the one to start off with being like, what feedback do you have for me first? She was like, and I don't want you to hold back. She was like, I know there are some uh... things about me. So when she allowed me to give her feedback, it opened up avenues for her to kind of give feedback to me mm -hmm. back. And so now we have that working relationship. I don't think all managers do that. There no. are some managers that have egos about them or mm -hmm. there are some managers that are like, I'm perfect. Like I, there's nothing to change about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Or, or they're afraid to admit fault. I, I'd like Correct. that. I like managers who are vulnerable, who mm -hmm. open up first because it makes yes. it so much easier for the employees to then open up. Right. If, if you as a manager, if you're not modeling how to behave, mm -hmm by showing your vulnerabilities first, then how do you expect your employees to fully show up at work as well? So, exactly. Um, wow, can yeah. I work for Mona? <laughs> I'm sure she would love to have you. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever got fired before? <laughs> so I have been fired before. You have been fired? Yeah, oh. it was due okay. to- me too. Yeah, so it was due to a layoff, unfortunately. Uh -huh. So um, there was uh, a- I wouldn't call that fired. <laughs> I'm thinking of like, you know- Oh, forced... like just, just me getting singled out? Yeah. Oh, mm, no, but I was almost okay. there. Um, so- Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. So I was, um, I was an HR coordinator at another uh, company and I was working specifically on an operations and systems team. I struggled a lot there. I learned a lot there about myself, but I also struggled a lot there because um, that was kind of when I was discovering being organized and detail-oriented and things like that. Um, so my manager would constantly <laughs> catch mistakes that I was making on employee records or you know certain processes that I wasn't following. Mm -hmm. um, and it became a performance issue at the end of the day. I was about to be put on a pip and then the layoff obviously happened. So mm -hmm. yeah, I was on my way basically to being fired, but um, it was a really good learning moment for me because it helped me check myself to be like, okay, here are the things I need to prioritize moving forward to be better at my career. And maybe I'm not going to dabble into HR operations systems because I know that I'm not detail oriented, even though that's like the number one thing people are like, oh, I want people detail oriented and stuff like that the reality of that is that not everyone's going to be detail oriented. We're always mm -hmm. going to make mistakes and things like that. So mm -hmm. I was like, maybe I'll look into another career. And that's kind of how I fell into an HR generalist role because okay. there's no systems and operations involved mm -hmm. into that, at least to that degree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what would you say are the most common reasons why people get fired or let go from a job? Yeah. So the top two reasons that I usually find that people get fired from a job is one, um, performance. So obviously mm -hmm. you're not doing the job that you were hired to do. And mm -hmm. then two, a violation of a company policy because you mm -hmm. were late to a job, you sexually mm -hmm. harassed someone, um, mm -hmm. things like that. So in HR, we have processes in place before we can fire people. So we, eat, mm -hmm. so these progressive discipline steps, um, in your experience, do you see managers following this that much? <laughs> So no, but I don't uh -huh. think that's their intention not to follow the process. I honestly think it's because they just don't know it exists or they've never fortunately had a bad employee before, so they don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times, yeah, I, I have managers come up to me and be like, I want to fire this person. And I'm like, okay, well, let's take a step back and like look at okay. what this case is and why you want to fire them. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. this is your first time hearing about this employee. Exactly. exactly. And the first time you hear it's because they want to fire him. Okay. Right. I agree with you when you said like the managers, they don't have the intention of not wanting to follow the steps. Sometimes mm -hmm. they just don't know. It doesn't happen. Again, the, the theme of it doesn't happen that often. So when we are faced with that situation, we don't know what to do. Right. right. So let's say that a manager does want to fire someone. Um, what would you recommend them to do? Yeah. So um, the number one thing that I usually recommend is to please reach out to your HR department, um, whoever you know in HR, if you don't know who that point of contact is. Um, if you don't have an HR department, reach out to your manager or the legal department or whoever is in authority mm -hmm. there. 
just to make sure that you're making sure that you follow the correct processes and procedures uh, because mm-hmm. generally there is something that you will need to follow if you haven't started the documentation process yet or anything like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So when, when you say documentation process, what what information needs to be documented? Like, are you saying literally on a piece of paper or even on like a Google Doc sheet, you need a, or whatever form the company may have, you need to document. What do you mean by document and like what information needs yeah. to be on it? Yeah, so it really depends. If they're not on a formal performance improvement plan, the way that I've done it in my career is that you would recap weekly emails, right? So after your your conversations with your direct report, you list out, here are the things we talked about, here are the areas that I have concern, here are the areas that you're doing well. Overall, I feel like you're doing not good or well or whatever it is. If you're on a formal performance improvement plan, there's a, there's a template that your company should be able to provide to you in order to complete that process and make sure that the employee does know that they have 30, 60, 90 days to improve on their performance or else it may lead to termination. Um, so, and, and then also in follow-up to that, managers should be recapping their emails with the employees as well. Mm-hmm. It sounds like so much logistically and administratively, but it really does help because then it provides transparent feedback to that employee. And also it helps build a relationship for the manager too, because sometimes the employee is just missing a little bit more structure from the manager, or maybe they just don't know what they don't know. Sometimes it's not the intention of the employee not to perform a task or a job or a project. They just didn't get that direction before and they weren't aware that they weren't performing well. So it helps on both sides with the employee and manager and just the Mm. communication between the two. Yeah. So would you say like after every conversation, every like performance related conversation, whether they're doing well or they're not doing so well and they're getting constructive feedback, always follow up with an email of basically a recap of the conversation? Absolutely. I highly recommend that. Um, Mm -hmm. To your point, not just negative feedback, but also positive Mm -hmm. conversations too. Yeah. So I think that the most important thing is just like documentation, right? You need to have like a history, a trail of information that says, hey, this is what happened on this date. And then if you see like a trend, at least before firing someone, at least you have like some history, um, some documentation to say, okay, this this is the next step. We did our due diligence. It's not like a surprise or anything. Exactly. Employee, it seems like. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. The, the worst thing that could happen and, and and you could have done all the documentation that you, you would have had. Sometimes employees are still oblivious and don't get the message mm-hmm. and they're surprised. Yeah. But the worst thing that can happen is like the employee's surprise. They start bringing up claims like, oh, it's because mm-hmm. I'm over 40 or it's because I'm of a different age descent, like I'm Asian American or something like that. So so definitely yeah. want to make sure that you document appropriately to make sure that it's very, very clear to the employee. Yeah. And it's, it's clear that it's about performance and it wasn't about like some type of discrimination or something like that. Right? Exactly. Okay, so Sean, let's say that I'm an employee. Mm-hmm. What are some signs that I'm about to get fired? Yeah. <laughs> so speaking from experience, um, <laughs> I, I think it's just, you know, those conversations that your manager has with you. It's just like they're not satisfied with your performance. Here are some of the things that you've messed up on recently or you're not delivering on. Um, and then also I think it's it's like if you're on some kind of like um, written performance plan. I, I think those are kind of the things that that lead up to termination. Not to say that that is the end all be all, because sometimes mm-hmm. when you get that written plan, um, performance improvement plan, or the written um, emails, that actually can turn around and help you. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of the stereotypes are people are like, oh, I'm on a PIP, I'm going to get fired in 30 days. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. We, yeah. Sometimes we can extend that. Sometimes it's just the 30 days and then you're completely off of that and that's mm-hmm. and then you're done. Can I also add as another sign of potential sign that you're going to get fired is that your email access gets shut <laughs> off? <laughs> Speaking no. from personal experience. Oh, no. you have yeah. that happen? Oh my yes. God. Yes. 
Oh, that's terrible. My email <laughs> access. I was like, one day uh, over the weekend, I was like, gotta go and do some work. Right. And uh, I was like, why can't I log into my email? Did I forget my password? Oh, and then snap. on Monday, I go into work and like, I can't even access the door. Like my badge doesn't work. It's like, what the heck is going on? I was like, am I getting fired? Oh. And then, yeah, I got fired. But oh. it's because <laughs> I felt like I was like, doing very well in my career. And I was doing the job of my director and other directors. Mm. I was doing a lot of work, but getting no credit for it. Mm. And I think I was being a little bit arrogant about it, like arrogant mm. on my skills and abilities. And, and you know, I asked for a raise, maybe, maybe I demanded for a raise, like the way I asked, like I was just so arrogant at that time. Right. And um, I don't know, I guess they felt threatened by me and, <sighs> Uh, I think it was a wrongful termination, to be honest. It sounds whatever. like it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. the fact that you were totally caught off guard and yeah. like yeah. you didn't see it coming and the first way you find out is through an email, that that definitely sounds very, very sketchy to me and normally not how I would recommend yeah. to yeah. anyone. Yeah, that's, that, that's why that company is now bankrupt. But, uh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, it's... Uh, uh, I always blame Kevin. He's the one who told me to speak up for myself and don't do <laughs> the work unless, you know, I get fairly compensated for it. So I spoke up and I ended up getting fired for it. So well, anyway. I hope that doesn't deter people from speaking up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I hope it does it. Okay. I, I am writing a blog about how to ask for a raise. So, so I will share that. Perfect. Uh, are you ready for a lightning round? I am. Ready? Ready. What was your very first job? I worked at Coldstone Creamery as an ice cream scooper. <laughs> How old were you? I was 14. What college did you go to and what was your major? So I went to San Jose State University and I majored in human resources management. Did you get spanked as a child? Yes, I did. And not even like the spank, it was like the the wooden stick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> chopstick, the, not just a regular chopstick, the long chopstick. Yes, the ones they, make to, they use to make mumbawe and pho. What do or did your parents do for work? My parents both work in the manufacturing environment. My mom was like uh, an electrician engineer, I think she was. And then my dad was more on the designing of like motherboards and things like that side. What did your parents want you to be? I think they just wanted me to be happy in my career, but also kind of like make money at the same time. So like, uh -huh, uh -huh. if you were to say like, if I was to tell them, oh, I want to be a musician, they'd be like, uh, maybe business. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> so, okay. So not exactly so, like uh -huh. the stereotypical doctor, lawyer mm -hmm. or anything like that, but something that actually was going to make money. What can we find on your desk? You can find a lot of Corgi pictures and really just a couple of post-it notes, but I generally try to keep my desk pretty clean. When you're in Zoom meetings, do uh, you typically dress up the full body or only waist up? <laughs> Absolutely only waist up. I'm wearing basketball okay. shorts right now. If you were having dinner with an acquaintance and they had spinach stuck in their front teeth, would you tell them? So it depends on who it is. <laughs> if it was you, I probably wouldn't tell you. I'd, I'd say, oh, Jesse, let's take a picture. And then <laughs> <laughs> smile and then be like, oh, isn't this a nice picture? And then that would be my way of showing you. Oh, um, you but if it was like someone that I wasn't too close to, yeah, of course I would tell okay. them. <laughs> okay, okay. Biggest pet peeve? It's people who say they're going to do something and they don't, don't do it. That's my mm -hmm. biggest pet peeve. What is something that you're scared of? I hate the dark and I'm actually really scared of like scary movies because I get very paranoid. Um, how would you describe yourself in one word? Friendly. How do you think others would describe you in one word? How would you describe me? <laughs> jerk. Perfect. I'll describe myself <laughs> as a jerk. <laughs> uh, favorite hobbies? Volleyball, obviously. Last question. This is from um, a, a very dedicated listener. Great. His name is Kevin. Oh, that guy. He's, all, he's also my husband. Oh. Um, who is your favorite friend and why is it Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> so if he wants to make it about himself, um, <laughs> Kevin is one of the most sarcastic people I've ever met. Also very quirky. So I, I really appreciate that about him. All right, so career advice, Sean. Uh-huh. What is your advice for someone 
who receive constructive feedback from their manager? Like, what should they be doing with that information? Yeah, so I think it depends on what kind of constructive feedback it is. If it's good feedback, I always think that you should take it into consideration. Sometimes you may not agree with it, but I would always recommend that you try it. Try mm -hmm. doing mm -hmm. what they're saying, and sometimes it will be for the better. Sometimes it just completely sucks, and you're like, I should have never taken that advice. But now you know what to do in the future. Yeah. If it's bad, um, constructive feedback, like if someone's just like nitpicking at the smaller things, mm -hmm. I would always say just take a step back and really take a look at maybe what their intention is to to what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Usually managers have good intentions and maybe the delivery isn't there. So mm -hmm. um, I would just recommend like try not to take it so personally. Um, and, and and if needed, like go back to them after you've had some time to think and ask them, hey, hey, you know, when you were giving me that feedback, here's my takeaway from it. Is this what your intention was? Um, mm -hmm. and, and talk mm -hmm. about it a little bit more because sometimes, yeah, after a week or so of having time to absorb it, you, you could come back with a little bit more information mm -hmm. and them too. Mm -hmm. yep. Like how you said, this, you know, this is the feedback. I did this. This is my takeaway from it. Is this what you intended? Yeah. I think it helps with that alignment and that communication too. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, what advice would you give a new HR professional who is just starting out in their HR career? Yeah. So um, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend jumping all these different jobs like I did. Um, mm -hmm. I, I definitely think I got lucky in some instances in which I found a really great mentor. Um, but I would just say to dive into all the different HR areas that you can. I wouldn't say you should pigeonhole yourself into one area unless you really know that you want to get into compensation or benefits or something along those lines. Um, because you never know what you might like. So whenever, mm -hmm. um, at least when I was starting, whenever there was a project or or someone that needed help that even wasn't in my world, I would just be like, I can help with that if you need it. Or like, I would be like, oh, here's here's something that I can provide an idea on or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So I would always recommend like, yeah, try to expand the scope of of what you're you're generally supposed to do and and see if they're if it's as of interest to you yeah i, I like the, the the idea of just kind of like volunteering yourself for additional tasks or projects that, that exposure helps mm -hmm. what is your advice for someone who doesn't like working with their boss quit like i did <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> no, no i did too <laughs> i'm not kidding <laughs> I mean, there are other reasons but right. yeah I, yeah um no i mean okay so Looking back, I would, if if I was where I am now, I, I don't think I had the courage or the guts, I guess, to, to mm -hmm. go out and t tell my boss, like, hey, here's some things that, like, I want to talk to you about that are, like, mm -hmm. on my mind about just our working relationship. Um, mm -hmm. I think now, if I were to look back and do that, I think it would have helped at least solidify some aspects of our working relationship. And sometimes mm -hmm. it'll work. Sometimes it won't. Like I I've had mm -hmm. to give feedback to a manager where I was like, you know, you're giving me too much information about your personal mm -hmm. life. Like I really don't mm -hmm. want to hear about this. Wow. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and they were able to dial back, but um, there are other times where you give feedback to a manager and they do it for a little bit and then they revert back. So mm -hmm. you just need to give them a chance at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I would recommend to people. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's um, sometimes we're just so quick to wanting to to quit mm -hmm. um, without speaking up what we're feeling, what we're needing in order to like like working at work. And sometimes mm -hmm. we just assume that the manager should know, but yep. sometimes the manager doesn't always know. So having that conversation kind of helps them at least give them a chance to change or improve the experience for you before yeah. actually quitting yeah all right so last question any books articles resources you recommend for people for either career development or hr yeah so things that are mm -hmm. interesting to me are um, i subscribe to sherm which is the society of human resources management or something like that um, but they will always give you updates on like local laws, federal laws, things that are changing. So it's always good to be up to date on that as a HR professional. Um, podcasts like Feed Learning. <laughs> you learn great things around that, about just like interactions. Um, I also listen to just to The Daily just for 
for news about what's going on out there in the world, but also、mm-hmm. you don't really expect it sometimes. But some of those things that happen in the world can directly affect your job.、Mm-hmm. Um, so、mm-hmm. it's good to be in the know about those things as well. Yeah, and I listen to the daily too. It's like anywhere from like what ten thirty minutes、yep. in the morning, and help you keep up with current events. And、yes. sometimes those current events are what employees are talking about. So just being able to meet the employees there. Sean, I、yes. think we're done. Yay! <laughs> wow, it's always fun nerding out with you about HR and talent stuff. Like、I、all、know. we do is talk about volleyball, but、yeah. then when we talk about this, yes. And you know what? It's also nice to have not only another Asian in HR, but a Vietnamese in HR. Like I don't know、yeah. that many Asians in HR. Do you? So I know Asians in HR, but I don't know a lot of Vietnamese Vietnamese people、okay. in HR. If you're Vietnamese. Or if you're Asian, or or anyone actually, but definitely Vietnamese,、uh, and you're in HR, reach out to me. I'm very interested.、Yes. Maybe we can start a, like a a Vietnamese in HR talent group. I would think that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. also, you you can't discount all those.、Um, those Plus allies. Yeah. Like also, <laughs> like I think there's some Chinese、uh, mm-hmm. people who grew up in Vietnam as well. But they're mm, of mm. Chinese descent, so we don't want to discount、okay. those. <laughs> All right, it is Vietnamese plus allies HR and talent group. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay, I'll think of a name. I'll think of something cool. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Or we can be very specific. Vietnamese and allies and volleyball and allies. Oh my god. HR and talent.、Group. You might as well just say anyone with the last name Nguyen or Trung in HR. Oh gosh. Okay. 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 All right. Well, thank you so much, Sean, for、yeah. being part of the podcast. I always enjoy speaking with you, and I learn a lot about HR.、Um, but just bouncing ideas and. Good to know that you got fired because you know I'm not the only one in HR who got fired. Yeah, no, definitely not.、Okay. Um, but、okay. yeah, this was a lot of fun, just、uh, like any old regular days that we just talk about HR and nerd、yes. out about it. Yeah. I hope you、yeah. put some transition music with end hype music at the end of this. Oh, you want? Okay, okay.、Uh, any special requests or just whatever I、oh, find? Oh, I have a, I have a whole playlist for you to choose from. <laughs> So that wraps the show. I decided to end with honky tonk music instead of the hype music Sean requested because that is the friend I am. Thanks again for listening to the Feed Learning People podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating and follow us on LinkedIn for more career development resources. Talk to you later. Bye.